Welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers, leaders, and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping you become a product master. Listen and get ready for higher performance, for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, and this is where product leaders and managers make their move to product masters, learning practical knowledge that leads to more influence and confidence so you'll create products that customers love. I just got back from a great experience in California where I was helping a company learn what their customers love through a design thinking workshop. It was enjoyable being kind of in the heart there of where a lot of new uh, technology is created in startups. And during the week, I also heard from someone at Cisco that was interested in sharing their story about how they help their employees innovate and consequently the company innovate. And I love hearing about those stories because anytime I hear them, I always find lessons for how other organizations can also improve their innovation capabilities. Now, in my experience, this best occurs by enabling the largest number of employees to participate in innovation activities. Often, this is just a reorientation to think in terms of how we provide customers value and solve problems. It's actually a pretty easy equation. When you have more employees thinking and acting like innovators, you're going to see more innovation in the organization. Now, Cisco's had a program for the last four years that is built around an innovation challenge. And this grew out of work with their innovation centers and what they were doing with startups at the time to really bring innovation into the organization. To learn more about this, our guest is the managing director of those Cisco Innovation Centers, Alex Gorachev. Alex enjoys turning disruptive concepts into emerging business models. And he has a really good cross-functional background for doing so, serving in senior roles previously in product development, marketing, finance, and sales. And if you've heard me before, you know that cross-functional kind of perspective to what we do in product management is so important. And if you have listened before, you already know that I summarize all the key points that we discuss in each interview. Those are in the show notes for you. Just go to the everydayinnovator.com slash 218 for that summary. Now to the discussion. Alex, thanks for joining the Everyday Innovators. Thank you for having me. Glad we can talk. You are the Managing Director of Innovation Strategy at Cisco. Tell us what that's about. What does that role entail? Well, you know, if I think about the Cisco, um, there's uh, over 74,000 employees. Many of them do not have um, innovation in their title, but they have innovation in their mindset. Uh, When it comes down to my area of responsibility, it really comes to several things. One is I drive uh, Cisco's centers around the world. And then the second one is um, I have a passion for connecting employees with the ecosystem when it comes to innovation. So a lot of our internal innovation offerings uh, were created by my team as well. Okay. And and did you say you're you're driving Cisco Innovation Centers? Correct. Uh, Correct. And uh, we call them Cisco Co-Innovation Centers. Okay. Give us an idea of what a Cisco Innovation Center is. So at the end of the day, it comes down to our uh, philosophy, innovation philosophy, that no company can do this alone. And at the end of the day, it's all about co-creating it with others. Mm-hmm. Uh, we run a number of co-innovation centers um, around the world, 14 to be exact. And at the end of the day, it's where we come to, um, uh, to create new solutions, new technology, and, and act on ideas. Okay. And so when you co-create, are these partners that you're working with some of the time, customers? It's people that are external to the organization, right? Correct. Right. So when we think about partners, right, could be channel partners, could be customers, could be universities. Um, 
could be cities. So it's a, it's a large range of, of partners that are interested in advancing their technology agenda. Mm-hmm. And uh, innovation centers are the places where they come together with Cisco. That's very interesting. In this role as the manager and director of innovation strategy there, you said you're also connecting employees. I'm curious more about this, right? How that how that happens? Is this through formal programs where they're encouraged to contribute ideas? Is it through design thinking type experiences? Uh, what goes on? It's all of the above. And, and I, there's actually a funny story about how this all started. Um, I've been many, many years ago, I was running a number of startup competitions at Cisco. And our employees started calling me saying, hey, can I participate? And my response would be, no, not really. Um, and then there was one particular employee who um, was pretty vocal about it. And he called me and said, Alex, are you telling me that in order to give my best idea to Cisco, I have to quit the company and join the startup? And then what I realized is we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of offerings uh, for innovation, but they're not necessarily cross-function where everyone or anybody in the company can go and and give an idea and then execute on it. Mm-hmm. So what we created is a vehicle for our employees to, with tools to execute them, and it's truly cross-functional. And then to your point, we've built a number of training offerings on top of that, which includes design thinking as well. Okay. So now employees are getting the tools and some knowledge about how to actually innovate in a sense, right? So it's becoming more the... I'm sure it was part of the culture just by the nature of Cisco, but a little bit more formalized. And there's a path now, it sounds like, for ideas to get someplace where they're useful and they can be acted upon. Right. And and it's um, we actually structure this a bit differently uh, in a way that when, when it comes to this particular program, um, innovation is not about invention. Right. It's about execution, right? So we are actually looking for people that are willing to stand up and deliver on their ideas. So bottom line is, it's not about giving advice to the corporation or saying, hey, what a great idea. I wish somebody would act on it, right? It's about, I have an idea. I'm willing to put together a team. I'm willing to put together my time to make this idea happen. And then when we look at these diverse teams, we give them practical tools to go and implement their ideas. And and to me, that's real innovation because it's... It's not only about ideation, right? Of course, everything begins with idea, uh, but idea is not the end result. Mm -hmm. The end result is change. So I got to ask you one more question about this, and then I know there's many other things we want to to move on and talk about too. Mm -hmm. So about putting together the team to implement the ideas, just how how do employees manage that time, right? Because I'm sure, you know, if I'm in in a role in Cisco, I'm committed to fulfilling those responsibilities. Now, if I have a great idea, I say, you know, we need to go do this new thing. I want to be part of a team to help make that happen. So how does that time work? Or just where does that time come from to help with this? Cisco is a very interesting company when mm-hmm. it comes down to time because we run with just such a enormously fast speed. And we just manage to go in um, and deliver a lot of things. One is going back to the concept of teams, right? We're looking for diverse teams with a lot of uh, different expertise, right? So it's not only about engineering, it's about product management and marketing and finance, et cetera. Right. So in essence, it's almost like a business venture. Right. And we go, when our employees go for that uh, for that process, we ask, we ask managers to give them, in essence, a percentage of time back or give that time back to Cisco so that they can go and focus on their ideas. 
And at certain point, the employees can make a choice of rotating in a uh, basically a temporary role to go and focus um, focus their efforts full time on making that idea happen, or mm-hmm. or actually advancing that idea further. I should mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the the culture there's very supportive of this idea of creating of creating innovations and giving employees the resources and capabilities to participate in that. Some movement between how you spend your time and the roles to make that happen. Right. I think that the culture is always about. Um, the culture is very trend, um, cross-functional, and it's all about kind of making sure that people are involved in many projects because mm-hmm. that's what develops uh, people and that's what accelerates the project. So it's a very much in the DNA of the company. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Okay. So we talked about innovation there a little bit, and the perspective there of innovation is really about execution, not just generating ideas, but seeing those ideas to fruition and how they make a difference in adding value to customers. When we first got connected, you had uh, talked to me, talked to me about the role of middle managers being pivotal to innovation in organizations, and I, I want to spend some time exploring that. What is about middle managers that you see as being so important in that effort? You know what I think about. I think they're pivotal to innovation because at the end of the day, are middle managers that typically have control, right? Because if you look at the individual contributors. The only thing that they um, they control over is their time, right? Mm. And um, because they typically don't have budgets or teams, right? And when you think about um, senior leadership, they I mean, in the typical corporations, they have layers of people reporting to them, so they only control the strategy, right? When it comes down to middle managers, they control the execution, right? And they set the very tactical strategy for execution. They're accountable over the results. And therefore, I truly believe they're pivotal to innovation. Um, maybe one data point there. We've run this um, you know, Cisco Innovate Everywhere Challenge year after year for many years. And we see that there are clusters of great ideas that come from specific from teams that are managed by specific individuals. And that's a clear result that they enable their teams to innovate. So if we did a heat map of this, you would see the same managers kind of showing up most often with bringing teams and ideas that they're bringing to fruition as a new innovation. Correct. And and kind of that heat map grows. And once that, that team is on the heat map, it just, you know, that uh, it stays on the map. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's very important. And uh, yeah, it comes down because we rarely remember what projects we worked on, right? We always remember who we worked for. Right. And when we think about our employee experience, um, at the end of the day, our manager is the person uh, who defines most of our uh, most of our experience at work, and he and she can really enable us to be a better innovators, leaders, and human beings. Yeah, absolutely. That old business adage that we don't work for organizations, we work for a manager. And that manager has a great deal of influence in how we perceive the organization and our experience there. Right. And 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 that usually that person defines our organizational brand as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all kind of do. But at the end of the day, people say, oh, you work for so-and-so. What can I do to help you? Right? And it's, it's yeah, same about innovation. I'm interrupting the interview to share something really important. We'll get back to the discussion in just a minute, but I want you to know about an extraordinary system called the Rapid Product Mastery, or RPM Experience. In just nine weeks, you can have a higher-performing product team, meeting only 75 minutes a week, 
with no travel required. One product leader, after trying all the typical training workshops, turned to the RPM experience to get real change for his team. He said that this is the only training that provides an integrated product management perspective. It did exactly what I needed it to do. If you have a group of 5 to 14 product professionals, learn how you too can have a high-performing team in just 9 weeks, 75 minutes a week, without travel. This is the system created by Chad, based on his experience working as a product leader, coaching several organizations, and deeply studying innovation during his PhD work. Get the guide for yourself at theeverydayinnovator.com slash RPM. So I want to dive into these managers that are showing up on the heat map of really contributing to innovators. What is it about these managers? You know, what are they different? What, what are they doing? What's their characteristics? What their actions? About really helping to develop this innovation culture and driving innovation in an organization. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to we can talk about developing people and um, and and this and that, but but at the end of the day, it really comes down to them being open to new ideas that are not necessarily in their field, and being willing to listen to ideas that come from other teams, right? So, in essence, typically in a typical organization, I bet you that employees are not encouraged to go and kind of give advice to other business units. Huh? Right. Um, and at the same time, a typical business unit would probably not be willing or a typical corporate function willing to listen to advice from an employee in another uh, function. Right. Because they're not necessarily experts in the field. I think when it comes to innovation, innovation comes from inclusion and diversity. It comes from a different point of view. So I think the managers there are giving their folks freedom to express that point of view. And they're letting out, and they're listening to others, regardless of which team they came from or which corporate function. So there's a lot in there that I, I want to tease apart a bit. So one way I'm interpreting what you said: many organizations have pretty clear silos between the functions, and you'll hear sometimes organizations even tell their people, you know, stay in your lane, mm-hmm. to move out, and you know, try to help out what's going on in, in another function or even another business unit. Just stay in your lane. That's that's how things are supposed to work. Mm-hmm. And such siloed organizations, you know, that they then don't have the benefit as much of different perspectives. And kind of this culture where people come together and try to tackle a problem from from those different perspectives. Is that an aspect of what you're talking about that sounds very different at Cisco, that this notion of lanes and silos is less of an issue? I mean, at the end of the day, of course, every organization is just is siloed by the nature of, uh, of what the organization does. It's an attribute of every organization. But when it comes down to, um, when it comes down to innovation, that's uh, yeah. Those silos are not really supportive. So we actually, when we run those programs uh, like Innovate Everywhere Challenge, we require cross-functional teams hmm. because at the end of the day, it, let's not confuse invention with innovation, mm-hmm. right? Um, or these are two different things. Of course, every innovation begins with invention, but but for invention, yes, you can have a lonely inventor. There's nothing wrong with it, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes down to innovation and execution, that would there's no such thing as a lonely innovator. It requires a team. And in order for the team to be successful, as in any business, it has to be cross-functional. Otherwise, it's just not going to go anywhere. 
Talking about these events that happen, are these structured activities that happen to cause innovation to happen, right? To for a middle manager then to be, have something to run, or is it more ad hoc than that? That you know, activities are going on in the normal course of work and people are sharing ideas and then a middle manager kind of takes the lead and says, hey, let's put a team together to pursue this further. I think it's both, okay. right? Because at the end of the day, kind of innovation is fluid, right? Of course, there's innovation that's happening um, every day and there's some structure that um, that or culture that exists within the team and then when we think about the innovation, kind of the corporate process, we run that, uh, that challenge on an annual basis where we go and ask our employees to focus on the particular aspects of the business or technology. Um, and then that runs on a, on a milestone-based approach, right? So we go, um, we go and execute this um, as per schedule. And that really creates um, a large campaign around the company for people to go and join. Uh, therefore, eva- evangelizing the whole idea of being an innovator. Tell us what that annual challenge looks like. How, how long is it? What happens there? So it runs for months. I mean, the first thing that we do I, I'm is sorry, we go the audio to, just dropped oh, out. It runs for what? Uh, for about several months. Okay. Right? And the first thing that we do, it, it's kind of three phases, or four, I should say. Um, the first one is we're going broadly to to all of our employees, and we're saying, hey, form teams that are focused on executing particular ideas, right? So give us your ideas and tell us how you're, willi- well, how you're willing to go and execute them, right? Um, and that runs for a couple of weeks, maybe four to six weeks. Then we go through a judging process. We select a few dozen of, um, of those ideas, and then we advance them forward in, in two stages. Um, the, there are a couple of interesting facts that I want to show with, um, share with you. The first one is... I think we've been running this for four times, so okay. four years, and every year we have got nearly fifty percent of our workforce participating. Wow! And it's huge, right? And when you think about how they can participate, they can participate um, by submitting their idea. They can. All of this is an open platform, meaning that um, anybody can read those ideas. They can participate by judging. Um, in the ideas, and by the way, when our judges judge, our employees see their comments and scores, so they actually understand why ideas are advancing forward or not. And then what's really important, we give um, our employees opportunity to vote on those ideas. So in the beginning of a year, every employee gets a number of tokens, and they can invest those tokens. And the ideas with the highest number of tokens from employees can advance forward as well. So you balance corporate judging and employee vote, which comes down to very interesting results. Okay. So this high participation rate, does any of that tie to performance review expectations? Surprisingly, nobody's being measured on this. When I say surprisingly, it's not about Cisco measuring everybody, right? It's about the fact that, you know, year over year, people are doing this because they're they're having a great time. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, it's it's a really fun experience. And it's gamified, and at the same time, it's real. Um, so the answer is, uh, do we know where the ideas are coming from? Yes. Are we socializing this and holding people accountable? Maybe at the very, very senior leadership level, we socialize this. But no, we're, it's not tied to any performance uh, review cycle. So it's organic. And then if you have a couple thousand ideas that are actually being selected out of this process, what happens next with those? 
so a couple of things. We first of all we give folks um, what we would call a seed investment. Uh, we would give them um, either a kind of percent time or a full time assignments on these projects. And and most importantly, as in any company, um, in order to move something forward, you have to have an executive sponsor. So we actually we have this role of a what's called him or her an innovation concierge. And that person works with winning teams, making sure that, A, we have the um, the executive sponsor, uh, and it aligns with the business unit idea. And then that person helps move those ideas forward by, by putting it through a structured process and navigating some other things. Like, not everybody knows how to do procurement in a large uh, company. Do we really want to bother our winning innovators with... Uh, with those things, no, we want to simplify it for them. So we provide an operations function for them. Okay. So the innovation concierge take care of that. Right. And that support is primarily when it comes down to things like operations. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go and procure something, right? Or it comes down to like scheduling a meeting with, with executive sponsors. The The interesting thing here is most of, I, most of those teams are very dispersed. Um, some of them met online. Yeah. Only for video conferencing. They come from different sites, different organizations. So there's uh, all of those teams or most of those teams are virtual. So as those ideas move forward, what's the process to evaluate those, to spur those on that should continue and to you know cut off the ones that turns out you know aren't going to be really an innovation to add value to the, com- to the company or the customer? It's probably a similar way the VCs look at this. Uh, when we look at this, is we're saying, hey, is this in alignment with Cisco's mm-hmm. priorities, right? Um, is this is this operating in the technology space uh, where we want to operate? Is this um, right? Where is it adding value? And as long as it aligns with our priorities, we kind of we double click on it. And when we think about the double clicking on it, um, it comes down to are there any customers that we can pilot this with? Huh. So. So if these ideas are about are externally focused about you know product or doing something with customers, we actually bring a customer early on, and that's where the innovation centers come in, where we can go and reach out to an innovation team for a customer and say, hey, we have this idea, would you guys be willing to try it? And it's amazing to hear that in most of the cases, uh, practically in all the cases, the answer is yes. Of course, let's go. We have some employees that are passionate about this as well. So we bring in the customer early on. And and almost from an idea, we go into a, into a customer trial. Okay. For some guy, well, actually, I shouldn't say trial. I should say proof of concept, right, or okay. customer exploration. And and so, key criteria there you, you shared was you know alignment with the priorities. And I got the sense that when you start this challenge in the very beginning, spending those four to six weeks to generate ideas, there's specific priorities given around that, right? There must be themes or topics shared for what direction we're moving in. Is that right? Uh, correct. And okay. at the end of the day, our employees are going to give us the ideas about the things that they care about. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we've discovered along, um, we've started this uh, journey as, let's talk about markets and technologies, right? And what we've learned is a third of our uh, employees, they want to talk about market and technology. Another third actually wants to talk about operational improvements. Right, so it's how do we make our company to run? You basically, how do we operate faster and leaner and their results? So there was an incredible amount of innovation when it comes down to that. And then the third one was about corporate social responsibility. Hmm. It's actually, 
it was heartwarming to hear just how many employees around the world are passionate about, hey, we're Cisco, and we can leverage our resources to do good, and I have an idea. Right. And actually, when you think about that employee voting, our top voted ideas are pretty much always around corporate social responsibility. Not too surprising to me, right? That's what I would expect that those those would get good attention because we are doing good and making an advancement at the same time. And I think ideas in many industries get that kind of attention. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, each one of us wants to make the world I mean, a better place, our neighborhood, our city, you know, this planet. And when we think about the resources, what large companies are good at the scale, mm-hmm. right? So when you think about adding our intentions as human beings uh, and multiplying it with the force of our companies, we can do tremendous things. Good. Yeah, I'm just really curious about how this is all working, right? So as the projects move forward, align with priorities, customer opportunity to do a pilot, that makes sense. Are there formal review points to kind of do the no-go, the the go-no-go type decision about moving forward, or does it really depend on the project? It really depends on the project, right? I mean, do we have we have a monthly review of stakeholders and quarterly review? Okay. At the end of the day, you know, we go for a judging process. So when when the ideas are being selected, of course, there's a formal process, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, once the ideas are, once we have winning ideas and some ideas are uh, are being let's call them productized, right? And productized is a big word. Some of it could be operational improvement, new products, could be anything. Um, they don't necessarily all run on the same schedule and run the mm-hmm. same process, right? But they all have an executive sponsor unit or a function that's supporting it. And our goal is to be as aligned with that function as possible so that it's not really foreign object to them, but rather very organic thing for, uh, for them. So we go and align with whatever their review cycles are. And you've been doing this for four years. You gave the example, you know, about half the workforce is participating. Out of the selection process, you end up with you know, maybe a couple thousand ideas that come out of this. Projects that move forward into the market or are embraced internally as a process improvement or are reflected in a CSR effort. Do you have an idea of what that number is like? You know, what are you seeing each year for, you know, these things would never have happened if it wasn't for this challenge process we have? Um, so the first and foremost, and we'll we'll come back to the uh, ideas in a second, but I think the first and foremost is is the culture, right? Mm-hmm. So we actually created uh, a, a, a horizontal network of innovators around the company, w- where the organization, location, and job grade, meaning the seniority in the organization, absolutely is absolutely irrelevant. What's relevant is the desire to go and change things. Mm-hmm. And that change could be by offering, you know, a product improvement or a new product or operational improvement or changing the world. And, and it's creating that network and the relationships, um, you know, that, that is really essential because that transpires to culture and kind of everyday behavior and connections that happens regardless of whenever or not we're running a challenge or not. Uh, when I think about the, um, the ideas that, uh, that come out, at the end of the day, we, we measure them in, in either revenue, right? And that's, um, that's through, either, through either new products or new product improvements um, that occurred. Um, the second one comes down to operational kind of savings, 
And that's typically when we go and talk about the operational uh, improvement ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is on patents, huh. because there, there are a number of patents that come out of it, right? Uh, and patents is, and the intellectual property is what this, uh, um, is what this uh, industry is, is about. And then the last one is, is obviously uh, the corporate social responsibility piece that honestly, I don't know how to measure. It's just a, it's just a great thing. It's mm-hmm. what makes us proud to work for Cisco. Yeah, it continues to change the culture. Really powerful. I'm going to go back to the manager aspect of this in the beginning that we uh, kind of framed this up with. You know, mm-hmm. so this is a formal challenge, but you said this is on the, you know, it's certainly stimulating this innovative approach throughout the year, and that there's managers that help take this on and drive teams and look for new opportunities. Is there anything that else that stands out that you would say, you know, that th- that's someone, this group of people are good at that because because of their approach to how they see failure or how they listen or how, how they develop teams or just anything that stands out there? Actually, many things, right? So the one is they, ha- they all have a win-together mentality, hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, when you think about winning together, it's about winning together with others. And that's kind of very inclusive, right? For the uh, for innovation to occur, you need to have that inclusion diversity. You need to have that execution. So the winning together um, is essential. I think they're brutally honest, and mm-hmm. transparent, and 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 that's um, and that's another thing, which is uh, you want to get clear feedback, and um, especially in the corporation, right? When you think about startups, startups are often the team sport. Corporations are uh, are often a political process, mm-hmm. so it's important to to work with people that are honest and transparent and kind of very direct in their communication. And then last is they're very pragmatic. And when you think about making change in a large corporation, when you think about uh, execution, you have to be very pragmatic. You have to you have to be pragmatic, transparent, and you have to work with others. And that's what makes the best teams. Yeah, and take it by the way that you put that in context, that that means understanding what, for this organization, we could or could not get done, right? Just recognizing the realities of the organizational structure and the culture and what that means, as well as sounds like a pretty clear focus on results and that as a team, we want to win together, and that means we're committed to achieving certain results of whatever this project is about. Is that fair? Absolutely, right? I worked for a guy by the name of Brent Wall at Cisco who really said, Alex, it's great to have a bold vision, and you need to execute on small measurable milestones. Hmm. And I really remembered this, uh, and I approach every project this way. It's essential to have a vision, right? And in order, and if you shoot for the moon, right, reach for the stars. And we know that when we look at the way the space program is operating, that uh, you know, it's a very big goal, and it's executed in a very small, measurable milestones. Right. And and we need to keep that in mind when it comes down to innovation. Right. That's a very powerful statement. I haven't heard it phrased that way. And I think everyday innovators, that's a key thing you should take away from this, this notion of executing a small, measurable milestones. Whatever that big picture is, recently I've been working with some companies and helping them and their product managers. And we all have examples of projects that were large projects that ended up uh, producing no true benefit for customers, right? Customers never bought the thing that was being made. And if we had had constructed those projects along the way, 
with that focus of executing a small measurable milestones, we probably would have figured out what we figured out in the end, which was we built the wrong product. Uh, so, so I appreciate you sharing that, executing small measurable milestones. Right. At, at the same time, you know, I think about a lot of the things that are happening uh, today, like, um, I don't know, grocery delivery. There is a company called Instacart that does grocery delivery. They're very successful. You know, that one that kind of never took off because uh, some of these ideas are early in the market, right? Mm -hmm. So going back to your project, for all I know, you could try the same project a few years later and it might be very successful. Timing is definitely a factor. You're right. you, get, yeah. you have to account for that too. Hopefully some of those milestones help you figure that out before you get too far, too much invested. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's uh, why the venture, if you think about the venture capital, right? They actually have those miles, funding milestones, right? And sometimes in the corporation, we have we feel that we have endless supply of uh, money, resources, and time, and we sometimes people get too relaxed. So mm -hmm. I think being very pragmatic, uh, measuring things, and executing in the, in the, in small milestones is uh, is essential uh, when driving change. Very good. As listeners know, I love quotes, uh, innovation quotes, success quotes, quotes to help us think about things a little bit differently. What quote do you have for us, and why did you choose that one? So for me, it's more of a belief system, and what it really says that form follows thought, and if you can imagine it, you can create it. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's really essential uh, when it comes down to what we're trying to accomplish in in our life, in um, in our in our work, uh, just in our kind of in our existence, right? It's being open to it's be, it's being it's staying focused and being open, right? And the, and that's how new information comes in and and things happen. So if you believe in something, you can create it. I think that's pretty powerful. That's an excellent thought too, and expressed in the quote: "Their form follows thought." If you can imagine that, you can create it. Thanks for sharing that with us. For listeners that want to find out more about you know, maybe what's going on at Cisco, certainly more about you and the work that you're doing, how can they do that? Uh, just uh, drop me a note on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, that's, I think that's the best way to contact. I will put the link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes to make that easy for people to find you. And Alex, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. I had a great time. I'm looking forward to uh, listening uh, to more folks on your show and so much for uh, spending the time with me and most importantly, thanks for bringing different people with different perspectives on your program. It's very interesting, and I'm looking forward to listening more. Thanks again for listening to The Everyday Innovator, where product leaders and managers make their move to product master, learning practical knowledge that leads to more influence and confidence so you'll create products that customers love. Find the written notes of the discussion with Alex at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 218. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit theeverydayinnovator.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.